0: Good morning. Welcome to worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our Holy Gospel today is from the 11th chapter of John, beginning at verse 1. A man named, Nicod- a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by the world's light. It is when, the, when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light." And after he said this, he went on to tell them that our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. But Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, "'Let us also go, that we may die with him.'" And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. "'Lord,' Martha said to Jesus, "'if you had been here, my brother would not have died.'" But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he die. And whoever believes and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her were weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord. Jesus began to weep. And then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, "Could not he have opened? Could could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying?" Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. "Take away the stone." But Lord, Martha said, "The sister of the dead man. By this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days." Then Jesus said, "Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God?" So he took away the stone. So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, "Take off the grave claws and let him go." Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Jesus and Mar- jesus excuse me—therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me together. Our time of meditation, the Holy Spirit prayer. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. Through this we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Once again, this week, we have before us another Gospel story from the Gospel of John. It's a story that is unique only to the Gospel of John. It's a story that comes around in our lectionary series every three years. And yet, it is a story that most of us are very familiar with. And if I was to ask every single one of you in here to tell the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead... I am, I, am, I, am posit, I, I, I am confident, I am absolutely confident that everybody here could pretty much describe in detail the events, the conversations, the feelings, and the emotions expressed. All of that st- stuff that happened and transpired up to the point where Jesus actually calls out to Lazarus to come out of the tomb. We know this story that well. Did you know that this is also the story in the Bible that records the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. We all know that too, don't we? His shared humanity is revealed through his shedding of tears. This is kind of a surprise, isn't it? This is also the only place in the Bible where we hear Jesus say, I am the resurrection and the life. That's kind of surprising, isn't it? That phrase is so familiar to us wow we've heard that phrase hundreds of times in our life and yet it's the only place in the bible where jesus says i am the resurrection and the life hmm something else that's interesting to note about this story is that this is the event in the gospel of john that basically upsets the apple cart this is the event that it's the straw that breaks the camel's back in a certain sense you know what that means don't you A camel is known to be able to carry a whole lot of stuff. But if you just add that one piece of straw, it flattens him to the ground. That's where that saying came from. Interesting, huh? I always find it kind of interesting to find these idioms. This is the event. This is the event in the Gospel of John that puts in place the plot to kill Jesus. And not only is it a plot to kill Jesus, but if you read on just a little bit further in the twelfth chapter, it's also the plot where they are also plotting to kill Lazarus. The verses that immediately follow, the Lazarus story, they begin this conversation amongst the Pharisees and the chief priests. In In verse 53, it says, So from that day on they plotted to take his life. I'm not sure if that's one of the reasons why we place this story right before Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Passion Week, but the timing on it seems pretty appropriate. So obviously I faced a lot of challenges this week. Again, we're talking about a passage with lots of verses, lots of content, lots of ways for me to go with this story. And one of the things that all of us deal with as we read Scripture from the Gospels and other parts of the Bible is that we come to the Bible, as we read it, we come to it, With a present day context, we come to it as people now currently alive and living this passage out in our own lives and trying to make some sense about how it relates to our current time. One biblical scholar, and you've heard me say this before, says you try to hear the story as if you're hearing it for the very first time. And that's a very, very difficult thing to do. It's easier said than done. The other thing for me is that when I read a passage, is that I read it in that present day from a post-resurrection perspective. You see, you and I, we all live on the other side of resurrection. These stories that we read in the Gospels, they are all pre-resurrection. And so our perspective when we read the Bible is completely different and we have to absorb these passages and try to understand these passages from that perspective of being on the other side of resurrection and yet to complicate matters even more we know that the new testament pretty much the entire new testament as a matter of fact the entire new testament it was passed on through oral tradition and it was written it was written many many years As much as 20 to 40 years after the life of Jesus. And this is that, as as you and I enter into, as we read and as we encounter Scripture, you know, these are those challenges, these are those opportunities. It's the part of the inspiration and the promise that every one of us face when we enter into Scripture. So one of the things that I did this week was I, was I spent some time contemplating that crucial verse that I just mentioned a few moments ago where Jesus says in this story, I am the resurrection and the life. And when Jesus speaks that word, I am the resurrection and the life, he's speaking it as a corrective. Now, l- let me just explain that. Let's pick it up at verse 23. It says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus says this as a corrective to Martha. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In other words, as a corrective, it is another way, it is his way of saying that Lazarus is going to have the gift of living with me again. Right now, in this present life. Did you know that within the context of the Gospel of John, that the word life is found 47 times? So I find it kind of fascinating to do some of these word studies once in a while. And just to kind of get a sense of, like for instance, uh, another one of the words in that passage that Judy read today, how many times did you hear the word prophesy, Prophesied. You do these word studies, and I find it fascinating. In the Greek, there are three words. There are three words for the actual word life. And two of those words are used in the Gospel of John. And in the majority of the cases where this word for life is used, it is spoken by Jesus and it is connected with the word eternal. Think about that. Jesus uses this phrase eternal life multiple times in the Gospel of John. And even when the word life, this word life that Jesus uses, even when it stands alone, it is the same exact word that is connected with eternal. And that word, even when it stands alone, it's, it's that same word and it's used over 90% of the time. So whether it's eternal life or the word life, it's that same exact word that is used pretty much all throughout the Gospel of John. Three Sundays ago, it was Lent 2. This is Lent 5. Not that anybody's counting. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent. And three Sundays ago, we were talking about the Samaritan woman at the well. And maybe perhaps you recall that one of the things that I said to you is is that we need to hear and we need to realize that our eternal life is something that is already happening. That we are living into our eternal life right now. And Strong's Greek Concordance says that this eternal life, that it operates simultaneously outside of time, inside of time, and beyond time. It does not focus on the future per se, but rather on the quality of the age in which it relates. Thus, it says that believers who live in eternal life, believers live in eternal life right now, that we experience the quality of God's life now as a present possession. I don't know if you notice this. I mean, we, we oftentimes just kind of pray this prayer of the day because it's like, please join me now in praying the prayer of the day. And we just sort of just ramble it, don't we? But did, did, did it occur to you today that you were actually praying for that eternal life today when you prayed that? It says, breathe upon us the power of your spirit that we may be raised to new life in Christ and serve you in righteousness all the days of our lives. We are praying right there in the prayer that we are again today being raised to new life so that we can now live in righteousness right now. We can live our eternity out through our own lives right now. That's what we're praying when we pray that sentence. The point is is that when Jesus is saying and using the word life, is that he is speaking a word of promise and he is affirming that our eternal life, it is already happening that we live in eternal life right now. You know, I had a conversation with a woman this week. She stopped by the office and we got to talking about a variety of different things. And one of the things that she was talking about was she was concerned about her dad. And she was concerned about whether or not her dad was saved. It just so happens that her dad is Lutheran. And she's concerned about whether her dad is saved because she has never heard her, her, her dad say that i believe in the lord jesus christ is my lord and savior he's never in her mind he's never articulated that word out loud to her you know and it's, it's another one of those examples of people who limit the power of how god saves it's people who put jesus into their box and basically say you are only saved if you do this 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 and this. And one of the things is a prerequisite to your being saved is that you have to say out loud, I believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And yet we do it every single Sunday. Whether you believe whether you know it or not, when you recite the Apostles' Creed, what do you say? I believe in the Lord, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know the Apostles' Creed. You speak it every single week. You profess your faith that you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And yet because, well, my dad has never said I believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I don't know if my dad's saved or not. The reality is we're saved and that we are living into our eternal life every day. And that we need to remind ourselves of that. That's part of what we do each and every day. And I'll tell you, it's not easy. When you get up in the morning, you go, oh man, oh man, I'm facing another day in this crazy world. I just want to read to you these passages real quick. John 1, 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. Same word, life. John 6, For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. John 6:48 I am the bread of life. John 8:12 Again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That means right now you and I have the light of eternal life within us right now. John 10.10, the the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. That means right now. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here, folks. I'm talking about a life of service, living our lives as Jesus lived His life, that we live that same abundant life that Jesus lived. John 17.2, since you have given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given Him john seventeen three, and this is eternal life that you know that they know you the only true god in jesus christ whom you have sent that is what we do each and every day we know the true the one true god jesus christ and finally in the very end of the gospel of john john 20 verse 31 But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in His name. All of these passages use the same exact word for life associated with eternal life. And these were just a few of those passages that affirm that our eternal life, it is already happening, it's happening right now. That realization came to me again during this season of Lent in these past four weeks as I heard the voices of those among us who have been given their faith testimonials during our midweek Lenten services. And in hindsight, as I've thought about it now, I am so grateful that we decided to take that route this year to give voice, to give voice to those amongst us, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who in many respects took a step of faith, who took a step outside of their comfort zone to share their unique eternal life story, their eternal life journey with Jesus. And as I sat and listened to each of those unique stories over these past four weeks, they are faith stories. And I heard and I was inspired by their life, by their eternal life journey stories that they were sharing with us every one of them Included facing challenges and difficulties and yes for some of them even death and Yet in the midst of those hard difficult realities of earthly life Every one of them spoke about their trust about their faith and their hope in Jesus that they walk every single day that they walk in the confidence of faith that Jesus is with them every day of their lives. And it's not just a future hope, but a future life that they're talking about. They're giving testimony and they're talking about present life. About an eternal life that they have the gift to live with Jesus right now. The stories I have heard are from brothers and sisters in Christ who now who know that only true God, Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. And I think that giving voice, I think that giving voice to our life with Jesus is an encouragement to all of us. One of the things that I have witnessed over the past four weeks as people have given their testimonials and talked about their faith life stories with Jesus is that it has caused people to gather together around that person afterwards and just simply share with them how important and how powerful that was for them to hear their story. You know, it it creates, it creates an environment where we have a sense of belonging, where we have shared vulnerabilities, and we actually... It, it's, a, it's a place where relationships blossom because of the fact that we share in our commonality through our faith journeys together that's a powerful powerful thing and i'm so glad that i saw that revelation that realization this these last four weeks and we've got one more wednesday to go looking forward to our final faith story another testimonial of life with jesus and so i leave you today with this question by professor carolyn white I'd like to have you give some thought to this and consider this in reflecting upon this whole idea of life and what it means to live a resurrection life now. And that is, what might it mean that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? What what might it mean for you? And what does it mean for you that you and I, that we are already raised to life? Not in any future salvific existence, as she refers to it, but that we are raised to to new life and that we are living into our resurrection right now, right here with Jesus. And I think that's something that all of us need to think about and remind ourselves of every single day of our lives, that every day that we wake up and have another moment of breath in our bodies, that we have this opportunity and this, and this gift to walk in eternal life with Jesus, even now as we live. Amen. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, as we say the prayer He taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen may God who has called us forth from the dust of the earth and claimed us as children of the light strengthen you on your journey into life renewed did you hear that Into life renewed right now, eternal life right now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Marked with the cross of Christ, go forth to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.